Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank all my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. Extra big shout-outs to my senior producers. We have Ventus Official, PK Smokey, shout-outs to Eternal Project, and also my mom and dad. Love y'all. Thank you for supporting me. I would also like to welcome all those in chat who are watching live as we're doing this with JDMH. Excuse me, Panda JDMH, Panda JD. Uh, We have someone here who has done all kinds of projects where you ultimately look at something within PG stats, especially for the graphics-related stuff, and you go, wow, this is a sick graphic. And guess what? JD friggin' made it, so... JD, you, this is not the first time you've joined me on the podcast. You found me very early on, but it's been a while, yeah. and I'm really happy to have you back. Thank you so much for making the time. Uh, it's been too long, frankly. Uh, how you're very how kind. long now? Is it, it's, it's, like, it's like a year and a half now? Yeah, you, you're very kind. It's been a while. <laughs> you have been very busy, and, and of course, I didn't want to constantly pester you to go, JD, it's just so fun having you on. Come back on again. I mean, even if you wanted me to say that, I just, you are, you've been so busy. I remember, first yeah. of all, this is what comes to mind right away when I think about you, is I think about the Panda controller reveal, right, where it splits into a million pieces, uh, one of my favorite shots I think I've ever seen in a melee-related thing ever, and that was all you, right? Yeah, yeah. That was um, the funny thing about that was so I had most of the rest of the trailer done, and we done a couple of revisions of like showcase some of the individual parts, put some extra text here or whatever. Um, and it was at the point where I was like, I need something extra here. I need to like go a little above and beyond because at that point it was like a little bland. Like it looked nice, but it was just like another tech reveal and so i was like i need to do something um and at that point i had been given the models from hardware uh and like necessity for um um coloring the controller i had to like make a file so that the merchandise team could like color the controller so Mm. i had to break it up into all the different pieces by necessity and so it was all there and i wasn't doing anything with it so i went what if i just like took all of it and and it like worked out great and I'm very, very proud of that shot, and I appreciate it. So you've obviously gotten to work on other parts of all the different PG Stats projects as well, also the Melee Top 100 all-time. And now what has come out the past couple of days, including today, the all the graphics-related things, especially the player cards for the new mm-hmm. Summer 2022 however you want to phrase it, Melee Top 50. and Early 2022 PGR is what we like to call it. Oh, yes. Is it the pre-GR? I love that, by the way. I was just... That's a, no, that's a, that's a different thing. I know, uh, but I still want to call everything the pre-GR because it just, it's very fun for me to say. I'm sorry, even if it's not correct. No, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, that was, that was great. So what happened with that was... Uh, we have Keith, Cytonic uh, on Twitter now, I think it is. Uh, mm. He is our main graphic designer uh, and leads our graphic design team. And so the actual design of the player cards themselves, like where the text goes and what the text looks like and how the images are lined up, that's him, right? Uh, and you have the stills on the article that like, the one that everyone sees with all the pictures, uh, those are him. And my job was basically take those, uh, animate them, uh animate the background and then do all the fancy stuff in between like transitions and stuff um which i'm very proud of but the the actual main player cards themselves were keith ah gotcha 
they turned out really nicely yeah. though. I mean, okay. How, what's it like working within a team? You're, you're the, you're the person who did a lot of this stuff. You were sort of honing your craft, if you will, just by doing stuff on stream at your locals and you would, you would do all these kind of different things with like, you know, broadcasting on the stream or, or with overlays or, or transitions. And, and then you were starting to do all kinds of stuff within blender. I want to say blender. It was, it's blender, yes, right? That's the software, right. Yeah. That's the one. And getting really excited about getting a, you know, the G force RTX 3090 or whatever. It's just like doing all kinds of stuff. You were sort of building and building. And I remember when you, were starting to latch on onto Panda when you were more or less employed by Panda in a, in a, in a more official role to actually start doing things. And I thought, well, this is perfect. JD's already done so many amazing things. That just means you're going to be able to do even more cool stuff. But, but the, one of the new things to learn other than technical prowess working within a team, maybe you've already had a fair amount of quote unquote teamwork experience, but within the realm of an official job where everybody says our job is to do stuff within video games and esports, this is really cool. But what has been the fun part and or the challenging part about it? Um, so it's great having uh, people like collaborate on that are uh, super devoted to the craft, right? So if I have ideas about like what I think would be cool, I can put it into the PG stats like Discord or whatever with all the team in it. Like I'll get instant feedback. Sometimes not instant. Maybe it'll be like a day or two later. But like I'll get feedback on all of my ideas. Um, and I'm very something I'm I'm really happy about is that I'm like can I have a lot of creative control in what I want to do. Um, I the team trusts me a lot. Uh, and that feels great to see. So like with the uh, the styling of the PGR this time around with the purple and the uh, and the holograms and the particles and stuff, uh, the very futuristic look. Mm. Uh, I came up with that um, very early into the season's development, I think beginning of this year. Um, and we started off with really small stuff. I put together a mood board. I put together stuff and the team was basically just like, yeah, I like this idea. We can run with that. Um, other projects ended up getting in the way. So we didn't like end up fully like visualizing uh what we wanted there was a lot of stuff that we just couldn't do at the time um but having that creative freedom to like make what i wanted uh was great it's fantastic uh and that that also happened with the uh top 100 all time top 100 all time was like that the trailer i made for that like wasn't a request of me i just ended up making it we ended up posting it uh and then Jeez. i continued um and then we continued that like design style into the pgr this year uh, we don't know if we want to keep it. Uh, I think it looks nice, uh, and I'm glad that we were able to like transition a theme into uh, the new season. Um, but yeah, having a lot of creative freedom is great. Some of the drawbacks, um, the turnarounds are pretty fast, just like across the board. That's esports. That's just how it goes. You don't have a ton of time to do a ton of things. Um, the teams, uh, the team size itself is pretty good. Uh, we were able to get done what we wanted to get done, and that was great. Um, but there's always just like that thing in the back of your head that's just like we could have done a little bit more like this little bit could have been polished right I mean, sure. you know how it goes mm -hmm. but it's across the board it's great i have a lot of creative freedom and with a lot of great people uh that i super respect it's it's really good i don't even know who to specifically thank uh, other than radar for 
allowing me to make a video for the Genesis stream when I really just had a concept and a rough script made at the time that he approved it. And I had only made one other quote unquote polished, <laughs> not mm. polished by the way, made that with a, both of those videos with a laptop, but the, like the Genesis top 10 all time moments. I remember making and going, this is a train wreck. I should have like given myself more time on this. And I did give a good amount of time. It, it took 20 hours mm. to fumble and I do mean that fumbled out a video and it yeah. gave me a lot more respect for, for people like you, JD, because podcasting, look, <laughs> it, there's parts of it that are easy to do. In my opinion, yeah. I think, I think that the creative process happens now, but the video editing, you just, you just crop the mm -hmm. ends of it basically. So when I all of a sudden had to step up a lot more in, in the regards to editing and figuring out how to make shortcut, which is very basic program, try to do anything fancy or good looking. I was just going, yeah. so again, big shout outs, big kudos to you and the whole team for continuing to, cause Peachy Stats, the YouTube channel, growing very well. The website looks Doing amazing. Great. So that's that's the whole thing, right? At the cost of being like, ah, we can't spend more time on it. Consistency, which the Zoomers and the rest of the internet, I mean, I think we all appreciate being able to wake up every morning and go, oh, wow, there's a new one already. Well, this is great. You, reminded, you're, you're, you are reminded that you as PG stats exist, the YouTube channel or the, the, whatever this, that, and the third. So I would say for me as the casual onlooker, if you will, I'm just going through and I'm like, this is all great. This is cool. Awesome. Yeah. So JD, I know you have a big part of that. So congratulations on all the, on the growth so far that's been happening on, uh, across the board with, over at P over at Panda, over at PG stats. I appreciate it. Um, I would like to say, though, I'm not as big uh, in the day-to-day -day as I used to be when I originally got brought on. Um, uh, the, the big people that can be thanked for that are Bobby Wasabi and Jackie Peanuts. Uh, those two have been doing incredible work carrying the day-to-day, uh, the -day, uh, writing scripts and editing. They've, they've been doing an incredible job, and I, I don't like to take credit for that because mm. they've, been doing, they've been doing so great. I... I've moved on to um, the bigger PG Stats projects and then the promo for uh, the bigger Panda stuff. Um, oh, and then and we have the we, we have the bigger PG Stats stuff, like individual right. player documentaries that I work on. But mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day is all them. Gotcha. So there's <laughs> player documentaries. All right. Oh, wait. Sorry. I've seen some of these already. There's just a MK lot of them are made one, for the Ultimate. One. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. It's been a while since I saw that mango one anyway, but I dang it. It's Most of them are made about while. ultimate players, are they not? Am I? Yeah. yeah. No, they are. Those okay. those do the big numbers. They do. It's true. I'm not dogging on okay, I promise I'm not in, trying to I insult ultimate just a little bit. But I do I do <laughs> re, uh, appreciate big ups to that. Uh, actually, you know what? You're the perfect person to ask since you've been working on most of those videos or or have a more included role uh, a higher role more mm -hmm. responsibilities with the player documentaries for me i wouldn't be so interested i'd go oh ultimate okay fine what what's your thought on it what do you enjoy about ultimate specifically um there there are a lot of characters both in the game and that play the game uh and so there's like there um there's this uh this player sean a captain falcon player who um has been living in his car for however many months, traveling across the entire United States, just beating everyone at every single local across the United States. 
Uh, and that's an incredible story. And we did a video on it and it did really well. Um, and there's just so many stories like that because like you think about uh, how the melee scene was in like 2005, right? Uh, with like 17 year old chilling running a tournament uh and then all these kids coming from around the united states um that's happening again with ultimate but now we have all these methods of like making things and showing things at all times and so like you get a lot more of that um like it was only just discovered recently that forward uh did the same exact thing in like 2006 where he traveled across the united states uh but no one ever heard about it because at that point it was just like you heard that on smashboards and it disappeared but now there's like there's so all of these things are happening again and more. But now there's like it's immediately out there and it's all great to see. Yeah, because obviously in 2005, no iPhones, no smartphones, and you wouldn't be able to have a big social media page like a Twitter to post to. Smashboard's mm -hmm. super fun, but nowadays everything's just sort of out there and we're all living on the internet. I mean, a, a fair amount of us were also living on the internet back in the day, but now yeah. it's, it's, it's everybody, even, you know, even, even adults, quote unquote, adults are also living on the internet. It just took a while for them to, to find out, Oh my gosh, people do cooking shows on YouTube. This is awesome. Yeah. I don't have to watch the cooking network anymore or whatever, whatever. And that's really cool to hear about Sean. Good luck to Sean for finding more success at all these locals it's it reminds me of the couch surfing kind of thing that some mm -hmm. of those old school melee players used to do i'm not just mute king or forward but i, I think pc chris for a little while was just like i uh, people seem to really like hosting me and i like going to all these <laughs> places and for yeah. a while he just sort of was like i'm a melee player i don't hold down a regular job or anything i just go and play tournaments and ken did that for a while with isaiah as well when yep. they teamed up so it's really cool that ultimate has a little bit of the grassroots feel because from my own observation i know there's much more presence for ultimate for the big events where genesis has more ultimate entrance or smash con this that's happening this weekend definitely definitely that's one of the biggest tournaments ever for smash if i recall correctly so yep uh, number four i think right now they are out there all these all these ultimate players they're helping to keep Melee alive, even if they don't want to admit it, because they are the ones who kind of justify getting all these big, fancy venues, and then we get to show up and be like, wow, this is great. <laughs> what if it, if it was just Melee? Would it be thousands and thousands of people? Probably not. Maybe not. Maybe we wouldn't get the nice, big uh, convention center kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. shout-outs to the Ultimate community. So... I'm interested in hearing about some of the tournaments you've gone to this year. You've gone to a bunch, and Evo was one of them, and that happened this mm -hmm. past weekend. I'd love to hear about that, or any of the tournaments you've gone to this year, because I, I'm not even sure which all you have gone to. I'd love to hear stories or, or things that are coming to mind. I need to I need to take a second to actually think about it. Uh, <laughs> beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, beginning of the year. Uh, Omicron, so we didn't really have anything yeah. until Genesis 8 in April. Genesis, yeah, that's right. So I did Genesis, and that was great. That was fantastic. Best after party in the history of Smash Brothers. <laughs> uh, shout out Guildhouse. Um, and then I did Smash Camp. That's not true. What order <laughs> what? was it? I did. I did Smash Camp in March. Smash uh, Camp in March. Mm -hmm. Genesis in April. Right. Comma Breaker in May. June, July off. And then when I went to Evo, that's that's also not true. I had CEO. I was in there about somewhere. to say, yeah. 
because I went to I went to I thought about this. I went to Combo Breaker, CEO, yeah. and Evo this year. Uh, I don't play a lot of fighting games, but I know enough. Uh, but it is crazy. I think that I hit the big three without like actually being a dedicated fighting game player. Um, specifically, Evo was great. I have uh, I had to unpack. So I had a lot of my camera stuff, and I just like set up this setup with my laptop and, and things. Uh, mm. So I brought in all my stuff. Uh, so I still have my media badge right here. Nice. Uh, and then I have my COVID wristband right here. Nice. Um, I didn't end up buying anything. Uh, I didn't end up getting a jersey, though. I just got thrown a jersey on Saturday, and they were like, this is yours now. I'm also wearing the baseball <laughs> uh, oh, thing yes. here that mm -hmm. I got at... Um, CEO is when we launched that. Very nice. Alongside the varsity jacket, uh, which I have way over there. Oh, uh, you have a varsity jacket. Yeah, that one looks really cool. Uh, yeah. And so these events are great. Um, most of them, let me think. Yeah. So we did CEO, which was on Panda Cup, and that was our whole thing. And so basically, what it was was me staying Wednesday to Monday, nothing but working. Uh, and that was great. Uh, legitimately great. Uh, I got to sit uh, backstage with the group of PG Stats people, uh, PG Stats dev team, which were working on the overlays, and then I had Bobby next to me, and then I had Tish, my boss, big man, across from me, mm. and he was walking all over. He was helping do socials. Uh, and then I had Doughboy. Do you know Doughboy? I do not. Oh, he's a broadcaster, um, big Metroid fan, helps with a lot of stuff. Um, he runs our Bamboo Battle streams uh, every Monday, and he's a great guy. Surprised you haven't met him. You seem like you guys are your homies, but he's great. Uh, and then I also had... Um, I'm going to feel bad if I leave out anyone. I had... Uh, <laughs> no Darren, pressure. Leland, and Nick. I'm naming... Uh, Darren, Leland, and Nick, who are dev team, they were great. Uh, and so we all sat in a corner uh, just doing stuff for Panda Cup. Uh, and that was fantastic. CEO had some of the best backstage coffee I've ever had. Um, in and Florida. I, yeah, and I, I'm going to um, blame my recently refound coffee addiction, caffeine addiction, to that amazing CEO <laughs> coffee. I think I had like five cups a day. It was some insane number. That coffee was great. Um, but because I just had to like... Uh, they were they were like six ounces per That's cup. That's crazy. Like okay, six ounces is not uh, a lot for those of you. That's probably the average gamer amount of water that we drink. Um, it's true. But yeah, CEO is great. I ended up doing the top eight intro for that. If anyone's seen that, mm. uh, very nice. You can uh, we have it uh on the Panda Cup Twitter somewhere. It's like a thank you post with melee top eight on the bottom. You can find it. I think I did great. Uh, I stayed up way too late working on it, but I think it ended up as a great product. <laughs> Um, and so it was mostly that, um, yeah, I don't think, so I did go to Genesis. Genesis was great. Right. Um, that was a very smash oriented thing, but I don't think, I think I've over the last eight months, I've played a total of like five games, like five individual games at, at a tournament, at every single tournament combined. I don't think I've actually sat down and played with a controller a lot. Um, but I do have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot and I have a couple more to the rest of the year. I, uh, I, when I was at pound and I met wheat, I was curious 
afterwards now that I knew what he looked like with a mask on, you know, that kind of thing where mm-hmm. you meet people in person and shout out to Wheat. I'm referring to Wheat from Melee Stats, all that fun yeah. stuff for those of you who somehow did not know. But what I'm getting at is that when, when, when you see somebody with a mask in person, now you know what they look like. So I was curious if I would see Wheat playing Melee at some point over the weekend. Sadly, I did not. And I am curious for, for people who is are not me because I'm someone who doesn't play a ton of melee either, even though I mm-hmm. really like playing melee. It's also tough to play melee here on the computer, not sitting next to somebody. I found that I, I still very much prefer playing with people in person. So mm. I also then say, okay, well, I don't actually have as much time as I think I do to actually go to people's places or to whatever, whatever we're having IRL melee in Lancaster very soon that I will be trying to go as much as I can. But, Otherwise, not playing a lot of Melee. You talking about just now how you don't play a lot or hardly any, even while at a tournament. That makes me feel better because that was sort of me at Pound. I did play some, and it was fun, but I was also playing on a controller that I wasn't super happy with, just a stock GCC. It probably Mm -hmm. sucked. If somebody professional held it, they would tell me why, but I I just knew it was bad like intuitively. Something was wrong with it. I'm using a box now, so super happy with that, but... I just was mostly just trying to like see all the sights of what a major was like at pound. So when you go to something like Evo JD, you're, you know, that smash is not going to be as much of a thing. Sure. Leffen will be there. Also shout outs to Jade and Contra, you know, running a bajillion brackets. Let's go. You, you, you have those connections, but otherwise the games themselves are not there. So what were your expectations going into it? Uh, so with Rick, uh, being recently appointed to GM. Uh, uh, T.O. of Combo Breaker uh, previously led the team at Twitch Rivals. Uh, incredible guy. Uh, he got appointed to the uh, GM of EVO, and then the brand image just flipped overnight because everyone loves that man. Uh, and his um, original thesis was simple, was to just make uh, EVO incredible. Uh, and then and that's what he did, right? Uh, Sony... Bought it out alongside RTS. Pokemon was at Evo. I didn't end up catching her, uh, but I know uh, I know a couple people did, um, and that was fun. But um, yeah, the floor was fantastic. It was massive. It was the biggest tournament I have ever been to, and maybe the biggest just in square footage uh, tournament ever. Uh, it was massive. So think about um, think about Genesis. The size of Genesis. Genesis was a massive tournament. Big one. Evo was about twice the size of Genesis. Um, That's crazy. And they filled out the space very well. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, there were booths everywhere. Every single publisher you can think of was there. Sony had a massive booth. Um, <laughs> Not every developer. Yeah. <laughs> Not every uh, you know developer. I mean. <laughs> uh, Capcom had a giant thing. Street Fighter 6 was there. Uh, PlayStation was doing a broadcast there. Uh, their PlayStation Experience, I think it is. Um, it was incredible. It was it was massive. All the stages were gorgeous. Uh, there were screens everywhere. You could walk halfway across the venue and still see. So they had um, their TO help desk in one of the main venues was a giant Evo like uh, logo with three different projectors and screens all around it on the ceiling. Um, and so you could walk anywhere in the main venue and look up and see whatever stream was happening elsewhere. Uh, and that was insane. Smart. Uh, or 
futuristic something yeah. that's a great uh, idea if well executed sound like it was it was it was fantastic and then um there was yeah uh, friday and saturday were great and then sunday at the Michelob ultra arena inside mandalay bay uh massive huge just insanely large um their their setup their stage setup was incredible uh everything ran mostly on time as much as you can hope for um <laughs> It, is but it was it, it was a fantastic spectator experience. Um, it was a fantastic media experience. Uh, I uh, am not the best to say from a um, consumer uh, spectator experience or like competitor experience because I was I was at most times on Sunday ten feet away from the stage, so it's like I don't have the greatest spectator experience. But it was it was a great show all around. Um, and Evo was just a fantastic time. Uh, and so free water, Evo's we got fine. a free. We got a free water bottle, and there was free water. Uh, you could just get anywhere at the venue, which is an insane thing. Uh, yeah. And I hope you keep doing it. This I is, my this water is something that Pound failed to do. No free water bottles at Pound. Yeah. Some but it's at... expensive. That's the thing. And we were also in Las Vegas. Like, that's very expensive. And so Sony or Pokemon probably just wrote the check off for that. Right. Um, I ended up forgetting my water bottle at Evo. Uh, so I don't have that. Uh but it was it was good they were they were pretty large uh it was, yeah it was great we're talking one and a half liters perhaps large oh, probably <laughs> sorry i'm laughing only because again at pound you think it'd be the simplest thing just buy a pallet of water and then if it runs out if it runs out but at least you could say you tried <sighs> poor pound uh, i uh, did have a good time at pound overall but i recognized there were some shortcomings for it being my first super major that was like what or sorry first major excuse me my first super major will be this fall you're going to big house right yes it's mm. like an hour away from me i will i will meet you there in person this is exciting Woo. nice very nice okay so i'm getting ahead of myself though do you want to transition into talking about the top 50 for melee of did you say did you say early 2022 yes yeah <laughs> it's supposed to be spring it was, it was originally all the internal documents say spring pgr but then it's like yeah we're getting in august now it's like hey you know it's tough because you needed to have an actual sizable chunk of data to work off of and with the variants of omicron and all that stuff with covid didn't really get started in earnest until march at the very earliest so it makes sense but then you get all these chunks of data. And what do we discover several tournaments in after the first blitz of tournaments? Because I, I think it was Genesis into Pound into, I want to say, Low Tide City or something. It was like, yeah. like ridiculous, back to back to back. And we are starting to find out, wow, Mango and Plup finishing outside of top eight for Genesis. IBDW misses out on top eight at Pound. Low Tide City, just all of a sudden people start dropping out. So that's that's like getting clustered around. And so between players missing out on placings that would be, quote unquote, the right spot for them of how you would think, even if you were not paying attention super hard in 2021 or even in 2020, you would have at least seen that Zane and Mango were pretty competitive at high profile events of those two years going into 2022 and it just it's been a different look and then jmook came out of nowhere as well for a lot of people now yeah. jd you and i knew about jmook but not everybody did so this has been a very 
I have no jealousy for people who do top 50 rankings or top 100 rankings. That does not sound fun to me because of the amount of people who have opinions about it afterwards. And you go, that's, that's great. Thanks for sharing your opinion. And you try not to care, but then people say mean things about you. And I assume that that gets under, uh, under your skin. And then the players, of course, their, their self-worth is at least partially invested in what the number says next to their name. And that's a big thing too. So all of that aside, we get to a top 50 at long last. Ever since 2019, Melee hasn't had an official, other than the blur, other than the blur rank and the pre-GR, there, there mm-hmm. has not been the official rankings. And finally, we have top 50. So I'm interested in hearing from you, JD. You haven't necessarily been able to tune into a ton of Melee events, watch them all the way through because you're a very busy person. But who, who did you think was ultimately most deserving of top 10 or did you think that somebody deserved to get onto the list but then their name's not there at all and you're like what the heck why is that why is this person not at least ranked 49 like what are your impressions of the melee top 50 overall uh at the end of the day i think that the top 50 is like about right i mean we we both like we lurk in the melee stats discord like we know what all the panelists are thinking. We know, like, what the general vibe is. Like, we knew Kadorn was going to be, like, top 10. We knew that Mango was falling off, and we knew that, like, JMook was incredible. Um, and then you have stuff like Sunsei and Zuppy and, like, Logan and those, um, and, like, JFlex and those players that are, like, further down. But it's, like, those are, those players are also, like, in my mind, expected to be there. I'm not, like, surprised by any of the list. Um... I think um, the, I guess after Mango finished ninth at Genesis, I was kind of like, yeah, that's, uh, it, it's a surprising uh, bracket run at the end of the day. But after that, I'm like, if another one of these happens, Mango's just like not going to be top 10. Yeah. Uh, Which is what happened at Pound yeah. the very next week. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like not super surprising to me, but then I have my, um, I have my ear to the ground a lot. Like, um, I don't get to watch tournaments all the way through, but I do check. I do sleuth the Discord. I do uh, check Twitter afterwards. Uh, probably not for the best, but I do. Uh, poor JD. Uh, <laughs> you took I a do, Twitter uh, break a little bit this year, right, didn't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other subject. Uh, we announced the Panda Cup, and then uh, I kept checking Twitter, and I just, I just didn't want to see any of it. That's mm-hmm. a whole different thing. I'm kind of having that again with the PGR uh with just players being like i'm so mad we need algorithms even though algorithms would tell me the same thing (laughs) i can't believe that my average placing of top uh, you know 17th at majors i can't believe my average placing of 17th means that i'm not top 10 (laughs) or top 15 it's sorry it's just like what do you want me to do uh everybody's got opinions by the yeah. way, by the way, don't top players get a vote in the in these MPGRs? Do they not? Some of them do. Um, uh, I know. So this is listed on the PG Stats website. Indeed. Uh, but they do keep they do keep it a little hidden so they don't like people don't draw suspicion. Like, <laughs> um, I don't want to. I know Pipsqueak is on the board. I know. I think Aura is on the board. 
Um, I need to check the list so I don't get this wrong. Well, okay. For, uh, oh, what God. do you think about players having a vote in general without even being specific? You can generalize it as, as compared to calling out Aura for throwing the whole thing off. But by the way, shout outs to Aura uh, for being super sick in doubles and also winning some regional out there in the in the in the PNW area in the past couple You're months. Cutting out on my end. Hold on. Just just trying to remember what the event was, but now I can't remember it anymore. Sorry, Aura, but I watched that peach double peach run with you and Ryobi, and that was super yep. sick. I don't actually remember if they're on the panelist board or not. Uh, either way, uh, you cut out for me for a bit there. That was basically like, what do you think about players being on the panelist board? Yes. Um, I think that there are enough panelists that if someone were to like sabotage and be like, actually I'm 15th when they should really be like 35th. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, these players are all very like good about sending in their, their rankings. And at the end of the day, there's like a lot of panelists. And so everything gets equaled out. Um, and they all, uh, I, I think they all just like want the best list possible. Um, there's there's no sabotage happening anywhere in any of these lists. There's like no reason to. Yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we work from the top down? We well, let's not try to bury the lead. So we have Zane here at rank number mm -hmm. one, and a big part of that is winning Genesis Eight, where a lot of the players who are on the MPGR top fifty were present and accounted for. It's hard to get every single player or vast majority of top players at one single event. And for the COVID world that we're still in, there's almost this, there's almost this, there's an unwritten rule slowly forming in my mind where back-to-back -back events, like weekend to weekend events are starting to become a little taboo. Like don't try to do that because you could be potentially spreading. You don't even know that you yourself are infected yet, that kind of a thing. And mm -hmm. what a lot of players have started to experience is they're, they're able to get out to three events back to back to back. Oh, this is awesome. Well, I've just so run down and feel really sick. And maybe it isn't even COVID, but like it's really challenging. Traveling is a nightmare. And you would know this better than me because I went, I drove to pound. I didn't even fly. I just yeah. drove and stayed overnight at a hotel. But it's it just takes a lot. And then when you can have an event like Genesis where a lot of those players are accounted for and who comes out with a dominant winning from Winterside Grands, you know, without dropping a set, Zane mm. facing the challenges and adversity in his bracket and being able to come out on top says so much to his skill. And even if there are shaky losses where you don't want to see Zane lose to Slug, but it happens, or lose to, or even lose to somebody like Laud and it happens, but that you still have a first at Genesis 8, you still have a first at Pound 2022, Battle BC4 finishing second. Those That's what's on the card, by the way, for those who are following yeah. along. And then, again, not dropping to, like, 17th place at all at any of the events that Zane attended. That totally makes sense to me. I think that there is a slight illusion of what have you done for me lately, but I still feel, and obviously the, the panelists all agree with me, I, I thought Zane's got to still be number one here, and I'm excited to see what the second half of the year looks like for Zane. And I guess that starts with SmashCon this weekend. It's just that J-Mook Man uh, Mango, Leffen, and who's the other player that I'm thinking of? That's Or players like Slug, I guess. But 
Axe is going to be there and Lot's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And both of those players have beaten Zane. So maybe Zane will get to play one of those and say, kick your ass. And now I get to be ranked number one for realsies or however you want to phrase it. But I love that. I also love the fact that, sorry, skip IBDW, second best player in the world, blah, blah, blah. But I love the fact that Jay Mook debuts at three, highest placing yeah. ever for a non-top 100 ranked player, which obviously would not have been true if we had a top 100 or top 50 last year, but you get it. Jay Mook debuting at number three, wow, only three for the first appearance on a list like this is the coolest thing this is this is this is the reason why melee super fun this year to me is that when jamie goes to event you just assume jamie's going to be top eight probably top five probably top three and yeah. that's awesome that's so cool i like the fact that hungry box or mango might miss out on miss out on top five or even top eight but jamie has been my my like the comfort food of my melee viewing experience. Cause I just, I just know in my heart, he's going, he's going to go the distance yeah. at some point, but at the very least he's going to go very far in bracket. So for your, for your top three or your top 10, who, who's your favorite player that you're seeing here? Uh, I really do like JMook three. I need to look at the list again, actually. <laughs> Hold on. You're fine. I did, I did all of the cards for them and I, uh, <laughs> do it, doing, doing the animated cards was sort of like a, uh, a zone out and finish it process, right? <laughs> Where I um had the spreadsheet and I just needed to get it done. And so I just did it without like really thinking who was uh specifically on the list. Let me pull up PG stats and you, uh, the viewers at home could do this as well. Uh, yes. PGstats.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then you'll, you'll, you'll get sent to the homepage and then, and then right up there, you'll see uh MPGR top 10 and you'll want to click that. And that'll be, that'll be what you need. Uh, pgstats.com also featuring um, data uh, for all of your start GG tournaments featuring Super Smash Brothers Melee, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and now Guilty Gear Strive. This website's taking so long to load on my phone. Uh, by the way, don't look up my stats on PG Stats. That's just mine don't, either. Don't frankly. bother. There's like a probably a 100% red set loss there. I, I did yeah. have a set win technically in in a few brackets, but I mean that's like specifically against one player, I think. So let's just not even worry about that. Don't look me up. It's Cypher Zero Zero Three. Do not Ooh, look that I have up. My answer. I have my answer now. Omsa at six is uh great to see. I'm very happy about that. Um and if fate counted, it'd probably be even higher. Uh um, I think Omsa is like um, has been incredible at the game for so long, uh, and I think he will only get better, which is crazy to say. I wanted Amsa higher, but I also yeah. understand why. I mean, because without uh, without winning one of these events, it's hard to go much higher than Amsa already has. And JMook has has the privilege of not winning an event that's super big, but also being really high on the list because, again, not really dropping below fifth at any of the events yep. that he attended, which is insane. So that's that's why that's why JMook gets to be there, and Amsa unfortunately falling a little bit short of what I was kind of hoping to see, but I'm not going to get mad because like you, I believe this is, this 
a matter of time with uh with with this year being a possibility to in my mind even still there are just a surprisingly high amount of events that you can go to it's not just SmashCon this month it's also shine and then in september we have yeah. riptide then we have yeah. the big house and there's another summit at some point and obviously yeah. the panda cup finals and the yeah sorry the 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 smash world tour finals and then and then yeah. there's a there's an event in south korea that i hope that enough players go to that amsa uh, also right. goes to that would be super cool to see amsa win an event even okay obviously at fate like you said that'll count in the next in the next bunch but there were probably less than a desirable amount of top talent showing up right so hopefully yeah um so will just so happen to beat players like zane and ibdw and leffen on the way to winning an event of, of a certain size at some point this year we'll see but there are more events to look forward to obviously so when we're talking about all these things and i forget about things like fate or or even uh, Phantom did not count for the rankings, which IBDW won, and a lot of people said uh, yeah. if that was counted, then is IBDW number one? That's mm-hmm. that that's something to consider as well. Will IBDW truly challenge Zane? But oh, here's an interesting storyline: IBDW may or may not be, have to take a long break from melee, depending on the hand injury that he's yeah. currently going through. So, how much is that going to factor into his performance the rest of the year? Because you have to imagine that if it takes him a month to return or, or more that I don't want to say rust. It's just that it's, you know how all, to be clear, top melee players have to play so much, have to play many, many hours a day and then, and then attend regularly enough to events to have the tournament stamina to be able to play melee for 12 hours on and off all day on Saturday and then play it again for four or five hours of top eight and do a sick losers run. This is, this is not easy stuff. You can't just take a break quote unquote, and then come back and win an event unless you're Wizro beating meds at, yeah. at smash factor nine, which is also just like totally crazy. A player who will probably finish top 10 if he gets enough top eight finishes between now and the end of the year, that being Wizro super cool concept there as well. And then I, I want to give a shout out to Laud for finishing at eight for this summer, uh, summer, summer, uh, early, sorry, early 2022 MPGR, because we probably won't see Laud again on the final list, the top 100 list at the end of the year, unless she shows up to a few events between now and then SmashCon being one of them. But since he's a literal doctor in the same way that Swedish is, who also big shout yeah. outs, uh, that's that's really hard to 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 be able to do the full time eighty hours a week career and then also go to smash tournaments. So for for all the stuff that Lod has to do when he was able to attend a lot of events, finishing at eight out of everybody else in the world, I love that. That's super cool. Uh, another one I'm really happy about is Josh Man, and I think fifteen, right? Yes. Uh, that's great. I wish he was higher, but like it makes sense uh love that man uh, a, he's great yep, uh, he's an few, incredible player i wish phantom counted <laughs> a few things a, a few a few events that was like pound would have been a great event if he were able to go a little bit farther in bracket uh because 17th like you have to put that on the card and you're like oh or battle of bc yeah. didn't quite work out but then at gommel just flipped a switch and yeah. also we saw some codes on the screen and everybody was going <gasps> and Boki was ready to fold after that like shutdown sort of thing when the stream crashed a little bit the game crashed a little bit it, it was unfortunate but 
Josh Mann being able to take advantage of that and run all the way to fourth place finish beating IBDW as well, as I recall, at that event at Gommel. I mean, I would have loved to see one or two more of those performances, but it's tough. You have to spend six plus months in the United States just to be able to have a shot at having results like this. And so Josh Mann yeah. did a lot of a lot of great performances, even if even if 15 is probably not the highest he would have wanted to name for himself. But like you said, still turned out really, really nicely. And then to round out top 20, I was surprised to see, honestly, I was surprised to see Slug here only because I thought he didn't attend a lot of events and silly me, he finished ninth at Genesis (laughs) eight, lost to two peaches or something. As I recall, it was, it was ridiculously bad bracket luck. Like did not get a spacey in losers when it mattered most, if I recall correctly, but that's super cool anyway, even if I was surprised to see Slug finish on the list in general because I didn't think he attended enough events. Like, I'd yeah. hope to see more out of Slug for the rest of the year. Uh, another one was uh, KJH, but, like, he didn't he didn't attend enough. Like, he's incredible, and he beat Hungrybox, but it's like he just didn't go to enough things. Right. And then, let's see, who else do we have? Okay, so I was talking about this with Etost. Etost showed me his ballot for top 50 and all that stuff and we we both agreed that it was going to be tough for anybody to look at axe and rank him in top 20 and i asked i asked etost who is outside of top 20 right now that can get back in and aside from the obvious answer being wizro because activity Mm -hmm. i said axe is a name because axe could top eight a couple of events and then have a good argument for for being top 20 if those top eight finishes also coincide with evening some of the head-to-head matchups that are not in his favor right now those kind of things will turn it around enough that it's 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 feasibly possible but of course the toss had a good point (laughs) axe plays pikachu (laughs) so that's the challenge that character is quickly uh falling off and the reason why swift is ranked higher shout outs to swift Swift has good results with Pikachu. Not going to say that yeah. he specifically depends on Fox to get out of any bad matchups, but you, you you do sort of need to have a pocket character like a Fox, for instance, that Swift is able to deploy very well, finishing higher than Axe is at 26 to Axe's 29th finish on the MPGR this year. That is the interesting thing to me. I, I think that Axe can do it, but... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta see it. So I guess it starts yeah. with SmashCon. I think Axe is at SmashCon. Oh yeah, I was watching the combo contest, the sixty-four combo contest, and he was on the judges panel. So he's there. Oh. I hope to see. I hope to see Axe finish top eight. I don't think that's too wild to say for SmashCon, but we shall see. Mm. Um, another player I feel like can like get there is Pipsqueak. Yes, and I think it was twenty-four. Yeah. Uh, he has the same thing as Josh Man, where it's just really hard when you're in a region where you dominate other people, uh, and then you need to go to America to get the results that you need. Uh, I think he's top 20. I think he's, like, top 15 uh, when he's feeling it. I don't want to see that Falcon, but, like, the Falcon's <laughs> really good. Uh, and, and so it's, like, uh, he can... When he's here, he does great. Like, he won low tide, right? And yeah. it's, like... He's good. Like he's very good. It's yep. just um, there's not enough of those results because he wasn't in America for a long enough period of time. Uh, and I don't know if that'll change with the finishing of this year. Uh, hopefully it does. I just don't know. 
And then to get into the coulda, woulda, shoulda, I couldn't name you somebody who should have finished in top 50. I couldn't name you somebody who I would say, oh, that person obviously deserves to. There's not an obvious answer. I think, like you said, the list of people who are here deserve to be here. They put in the results to be in top 50. But I want to give shout outs to B-Bats for winning events True. like Creed to be able to finish in top 50. That That's was another a- one. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if fate counted. Mm, yeah, finishing it, fourth, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. If fate counted, you, they would have been ranked. Uh, but you know, you love to see you love to see uh, a younger-ish player. I'm not saying that the rest of these players are 30, but I'm saying that that Bats is young enough that in 10 years will be close to my age. So let's not, you know, that's that's the unfortunate yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And then. I want to see Ben do better than 39th. Not that 39th is an awful finish, but there were some events mm-hmm. where Ben just, you know, <sighs> chew. Yeah. Why did it have to be Ben that chew counterpick Luigi on, you know? And then the controller issues, you know that this is a, this is some, some this is a scenario where if Ben is able to put things together more, could finish close to top 20 if able to put all of it together. I, I feel that Ben can get there, but there it, it's going to be hard to do from going, you know, making a jump from 39th, having to put in some serious results in the events that he is able to attend. So we'll see how that goes. But still, even despite all that, finishing within top 50 and finishing at 39th, just want to give shout outs to Ben for for pulling that off. And a friend of the program in JFlex finishing at 37th. Shout outs to JFlex. Right. Love to see it. Thank goodness for nightclub because all the players on the on the on the the, the tri-state area being able to have nightclub, yeah. being able to have online events where a lot of the players show up, and then New Jersey has lots of events and access has a big part in that as well. Shout outs to the TO, not the uh-huh. not to be confused with the Penn State axis. There's a, <laughs> there's two of them, but the New Jersey axis throwing a lot of these New Jersey events on, and the rest of the TOs out there. There's a lot of great. There's a lot of great events out here on on the tri-state area. So I love seeing I love seeing players like him and JFlex showing up on this list and it's because we're able to kind of foster a good online presence and good IRL event presences as well. Yeah. And that pretty much that pretty much finishes that off. Are there any other closing thoughts that you have for this list? Is there anybody that we wanted to talk about before we get going to the next thing. Uh, the Area 51. I liked the Area 51. I liked that we did that. Mm. Um, those those all make sense. I think uh, at that point, it kind of gets to the thing at the bottom of the top 100 where you can kind of slot in a lot of people around that area and it kind of makes sense. Um. So there's probably like something we could do there to include more of a could have been ranked kind of a situation. Mm. Uh, but I think I think the entire I'm the the list itself is very good. Uh, I think we did a good job with the videos with the time that we had, uh, mm-hmm. and it's uh, we're only going to improve on the next one. Oh, you will improve automatically. You know why? Because when you rank when 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 Eddie Mexico gets ranked, we're going to have to use that Smash Factor clip where it's just like ah. the double side B off the side of the stage. Yeah. One of my favorite Luigi clips ever. <laughs> that was awesome. You automatically know what clip to use. So good. It was so good. 
So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Uh, when when we get to the end of the year, by then we'll hopefully have two circuit finales, right? We I did I wanted to both call them both World Tour finales, and that's not true. It's Smash World Tour and then the North American Panda, uh, Panda Cup. Excuse me. So. When, when we get to the end of all of this, who do you want to see ranked as number one? Or who do you want to see barely make top 100? You could pick either or. You want to go for Hometown Hero, or, do you, or is this where we talk about Mango? Um, I, Mango doesn't want to go to either circuit finale. But he's <laughs> going to go to one of them, because they're back-to-back weekends. So you're going to choose one of them. And one is on um, his weekend. I think Smash World Tour is on his birthday weekend, which is like, ugh. <laughs> I think it was. Up. I think it was last year or something close to that. I uh, think it will yeah. be this year as well, if I recall yeah. correctly. So with something like that, I kind of, I kind of don't care. Uh, frankly, I. <laughs> he doesn't want to go to him. That's fine. That's uh, fine. If he wants to bust route and not get top eight or whatever events. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I think these events are for JMook. Zane and IBDW to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the three that you're dealing with, um, and it's a good it's a good rotation to have. And then you have whatever Peach wants to beat all of them at once for no reason. Mm. Uh, or Slug. Exactly. You gotta add the ice climbers in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we have a good pool of new players that are are very very good, and I think uh, I like the five gods a lot. Uh, but I don't want Hungry Box to break the Panda Cup finale stage, please and thank you. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know? Yes, I, abso- I absolutely understand that. Uh, so I'm very excited for the new players that are more respectful of property. Yes. Okay, so with the chair throw from Wave Dash, even if it's quote-unquote no big deal, as it turns out, with the, with the people who were owning the venue or whatever, whatever. Sure. I mean... <sighs> You would throw somebody out and ban them if they threw a chair at their local or whatever. Like, why does yeah, Hungrybox yeah. just get yeah. to I, get away? I don't want to get too it. deep into this, but it's just like, come on, man, what are you doing? Like, I understand you get the views or whatever, and you get the Twitter clip, and you're on the local newspaper. But like, is it worth it? Is it actually worth it? The answer is yes. Yes, <laughs> obviously. But like, it's like, come on, man, what are you, what are you doing? So the I thought that the SmashCon seating would have possibly been updated, but it's not updated, and that makes sense to mm. account for the Mango uh, falling out of the bracket. Mango's yep. not going to be going to SmashCon. So I'm just looking here at SmashCon because I can't help it. So let me go ahead and switch it over. And I want to I want to predict a I want to predict a winner here. So we have players like Swift. And Crudo, Polish, and Moki missing out on top eight. That would be wild, okay. by the way. That's a wild list of players to miss out on top eight. So this is a yeah. pretty good bracket. And now IBDW and Zane, sorry, my IBDW and Mango not being here is going to hopefully allow players like Polish and or uh, Moki and or uh, Swift to be able to push it into this final bracket for top eight. But right now, the projected winner is IBDW, who will not be here. And all eyes are on Zane to take the event, right? Because other than Laud and Axe, who have beaten Zane before, who else is going to challenge Zane? Of course, there's also Spark. And, you know, maybe this is none going to meet Zane at some point in bracket. Will the will, will Zane finally get bonded, even though... I think I think Zane has had a pretty healthy head-to-head record yeah. versus Zane. I, I, it's not close. So there, this is not really an opportunity that's golden here 
for anybody but Zane to take this bracket. But what's been interesting to me and also sad is how many times I have said on this podcast this year, JD, where I go, Zane is the most logical choice to take the event. It makes the most sense for him to win. But then mm-hmm. something weird happens, like losing to Left and Sheik, like losing to Slug, like losing to Lod. Not that losing to Lod prevented Zane from losing, for the record, at yeah. at Smash Summit, that was 13, got third place. So very good placing even still. But I am so nervous when I say I really want Zane to win, and I think that he'll win this event. What are your thoughts on SmashCon 2022? Uh, I like the idea that Zane wins a lot. I think I think that like, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, that is the most logical conclusion. I think there is like once the seeding gets figured out, I think grand finals will be grand finals will either be like great game five, whatever, or Zane's just gonna stomp. Um, mm. I don't really I don't really know what kind of shape he's in right now, but I know after some of the losses that he had, he was super disappointed and like wanted to grind more. Uh, I haven't been paying attention to that maybe as much as I should. Uh, but I know. That he's gonna like want to win really badly, and like that's I think still pretty close to where he lives, so it's not gonna be like a giant travel. Yes. Um, and so that's also a big factor of it is that he does not have to travel a lot, and so he's gonna be pretty rested, pretty good. He's not gonna have to try super hard to like get that energy back up. Um, it's just uh, does he does he like have it again, like he did at Genesis, where he can just stomp? Exactly, and. You, like to your point, Pound is not in Zane's backyard, but is you know an hour or two away. And despite the fact that it was back to back from Genesis, I imagine Zane went home that week, as compared to yeah. having to either like, ah, oh, do I stay in hotels? Do I go home and then travel cross coast again? Like those kind of like those kind of like, ah, oh, am I really gonna do all this work? And so this is this is and also Zane has been able to sort of like do the 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 grinding in the background after some rest and relaxation type stuff. So I picture it as clearing his mind and being able to play fresh as compared to I don't want to say playing like, you know, like a dulled axe or something. And when I say axe, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the object, not about the player. So who who here would would potentially challenge him? It's really it's really just Lod in my opinion. So if you don't play Lod, if you avoid Lod in the bracket or mm-hmm. however that goes, it all depends on yeah. how, how everything goes down, then then yeah, then I think Zane is the obvious choice and will and will take the event. But I also like the idea of Lod winning the event. I also my favorite dark horse pick is actually Moki to win the whole thing because that would be in my mind the greatest timeline on Twitter afterwards. I think it would also yeah. be really funny if none won. That would be a great Twitter timeline. Another great Twitter timeline would be B Bats because everybody in New Jersey loves Beast Bats. So that yeah. would be hilarious also. But I don't think that's gonna happen. So my favorite Dark Horse Dark Horse is is Moki actually to to take the whole thing. It's just that Moki hasn't been able to put it all together as of now for a, of, of an event this size. But we all know how sick Moki is with it. So to put it all together, it would be a top eight highlight reel that we would watch for years to come if that were to happen. Any other yeah. dark horse picks that you like for this event just to like randomly win and produce the greatest Twitter timeline afterwards ever? Uh... What's like? Let me. I haven't checked the seating mm-hmm. yet. Actually, I'm checking the seating. 
Poor Ginger. I mean, Ginger is supposed to finish top eight, and I'm not. I'm barely talking about Ginger. Also, a shout-out to Waiting for Game, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, not even because it's related to Melee, but because I like its stream runner so much, and also I like... I also like Wheat and Edwin as well, but you get it. Ginger was, it's hard to talk about Ginger sometimes because you expect Ginger to do well and that's about it. I feel so bad. He's like the, we expect him to do well, kind of like in the same way we expect Zane to do well. But we don't expect Ginger to win. We just expect Ginger to finish top eight and bust her out somewhere down there in loser's bracket. Poor Ginger. Checking out top 64 right now. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of uh, someone like Null going Mm. super far, or like Chem. Yeah. Some of those, um, some of those foxes that can just like make an upset. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I do like the idea that Ginger, like, finally, like, after low tide, like, gets one, but. I don't know. It's really tough. Yeah, because you can put it together for something like Function 2, because I I am like 95% sure Ginger won Function 2, because I keep thinking yes. somebody else did he that. He Moki. Right, right, because Moki finished second at that event. Right, there we go. Just checking the player card on the Feature Stats website. Now going back right. to the bracket page for SmashCon. Ginger being able to put everything together, in my mind, requires getting past whoever he allegedly loses to. But if he loses to IBDW or Mango in the bracket now, which is not the case, oh, he's seated to play Hungrybox to make Winterside top eight. Ginger has beaten Hungrybox plenty of times, just not in person. Oh, oh that's yeah, oh. yeah, that's the whole thing. And then he gets the crowd power up, and it's like, what is Ginger gonna do? Yeah, that's, uh, and there's going to be so many ultimate kids. There were a lot of ultimate kids at Pound cheering for Hungrybox, and I imagine it was the same way at Wave Dash, and there's going to be so many ultimate people at SmashCon. Yeah. And by the way, by the way, here's an interesting part about Hungrybox. Hungrybox has never won a SmashCon event before, and I, yeah, I right. know he takes great pride in winning every single series, you know, eventually taking a big house, mm-hmm. taking an Evo, taking a Genesis, Going down the list, Summit, so on, no SmashCon ever. And one of the most down bad clips that you'll ever see of Hungrybox is after he lost to Leffen at SmashCon 2019. He is super down bad because he loves the idea of winning every single tournament series that Smash has to offer. So the that alone, I mean, after winning Wave Dash... From losers. Oh, it was so heartbreaking, by the way. Yeah. <sighs> but after winning Wave Dash and playing multiverses all week, which made me mad, I don't normally get mad when Hungrybox gets asked on stream, how much melee have you been practicing? Because I know the answer. He hasn't been practicing melee. Yeah. But I got annoyed specifically because, oh, he wasn't even playing Ultimate, where it's like, you know, it's still Smash. This time it was multiverses all week and didn't practice melee at all. I was just like, dang it. Dang yeah. it. I really wanted JBook to win, and now I have to hear this. It's really unfortunate. But if Hungrybox wins this event at SmashCon, it makes sense to me, not just because his path to winner's finals is basically just get past Zane and you're good. Yeah. It's just that Zane looks very unstoppable against Hungrybox, but 
you know, every time, like I said to you before, it's like, of course, Zane's going to beat Slug. It's just Icy's. Who cares? But yeah. then it happens and you go, okay, first of all, sick. Good for Slug. But, oh, poor Zane. That kind of thing. Is this finally the event where Hungrybox breaks that big, big losing streak? It's like 13 or 14 sets in a row now that Hungrybox has lost. That, that to me, would be, of course, typical. This is like the perfect archetype of Zane performance where it's like you, you had one job, Zane, or if you're looking at Hungrybox, it's like Hungrybox always finds a way to get past of whatever is in his way. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like watching the orbital path of a planet crashing into something you know it's going to eventually happen and then it happens and it's like that still doesn't make you feel super great about it afterwards so if Hungrybox takes this event over Zane and finally wins the smash con and pops off so hard that the venue explodes i all these pop-off scenarios on twitter were very funny my favorite one was something to the effect of levitating and like firing lasers into the crowd a la homelander you know all those kind of Mm -hmm. tweets they were all pretty good. Uh, I really like the idea of... Um, so there is... We, we could... Realistically, we could have another lot HBox set that's half an hour long and then have to go through another um, Zane HBox set. And, like, that might be a nail-biter. I, I, like, I like Zane HBox sets, like, a whole lot. Uh, but we could also just, like, see another um, Genesis 7 where he just wins. <laughs> it's like Zane beat Hbox. There it is. There it is. Um, and that was but, game five. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. That was game five. That was so close. Like, I I really like Zane Hbox nail biters. I just don't think it's that likely. But I do see. I I foresee another lot Hbox that's half an hour long. Uh, it's got to be at least thirty minutes long. Give me a forty-five yeah. minute a lot <laughs> yeah. hungry box set like. You know, like they'll take two minutes in between each game to like recover. Uh, you know, and everybody yeah. will be like, "Now what?" <laughs> the camera person is like, "He's gonna take off his glasses, look at the crowd." Like, you know, I can't pan over the crowd for two minutes straight. Like, I can't, I can't do this. The commentators uh, are like, "How many times can I get away with mentioning how long this set is gonna be? <laughs> how many times can I get away with saying that?" It's going to be, it, it would be really fun to see that again. I I do enjoy all kinds of melee. I think the only kind of melee I don't enjoy is like the, is is literally just bananas. And was it, I don't want to say Dawson, it was Michael, excuse me, where they just refused yeah. to move at all. That was the melee I didn't like seeing. But these really long puff ditto sets or puff versus peach sets or or you could say that the jmook versus hungry box game 10 at wave dash yeah. that was that took a good long while because it's not a spacey versus a floaty or spacey versus spacey it took a while but i was on the edge of my seat the whole time mm-hmm. and super invested in it and that's because i love melee so much and i wanted jmook to win so badly so I'm, i was super down bad afterwards as well but all that to say, if we see Lot Hbox, some of you may be disappointed in that and may not want to watch the stream. But I would say just try to pretend you're playing the game. It's hard to do that That's with right. watching somebody like Moki because Moki makes his decisions so quickly, you can't keep up with him. But if you pretend mm-hmm. that you're playing as Lod or playing as Hungrybox, you can kind of put yourself into the seat a little bit more, and it's a really fun perspective to take. Yeah, and it's like every time that Lod pulls a turn up, you're like, what's going to happen here? What can he do here? Yes. Oh, no. And like, yeah, it, like you, you put yourself in the seat and you're like, 
every interaction you're at the edge of your seat because it's just like what is going to happen here you can look at the the sort of like the tree like branch of events and be like this turn up could mean like i hit him i stop him from moving i grab him and then whatever happens and it's like you got to be scared of that on both sides and the float cancel up airs that lot has on deck had a twitter clip i think it was either against an unranked puff or just training mode uncle punch did three in a row against a puff and i go that's not supposed to be humanly possible Lod, you're so good and okay to be clear lot is also not playing a ton of melee going into this so yeah. we might get smash world tour lot smash world tour lot last year did not do super great in the finals and that was because he had didn't really play much melee leading into that but then you know warmed up in 2022 finished top eight at genesis eight and so on and so on so we might see smash world tour lot instead of finishing top eight lot and that would be sad but that's the exciting part we shall see as for the rest of the year i was asking you earlier about player finishing number one for the year or people trying to make top 100 right now who have a chance to do it to sneak into the 90s that kind of thing by the end of the year mm. i was thinking about number one for myself and thinking about whether or not somebody like mango could come in and take it back that just involves him a going to a tournament b winning tournaments so yeah. likely not but i think about i think about those other players that are pushing it where someone like plup or leffen realistically if they win two or three events are pushing for number one very comfortably versus Zane and yeah. IBDW. And then for IBDW and Zane, they have the easiest path because they're already up there. But I think that the pool of players to potentially finish at number one is large enough that it's not just simply one or two, like it is in some years past where it's like Hungrybox Armada. Okay, well, who wins more events by the end of the year? And that's basically it. In this instance, we do have two clear favorites for that, but with IBDW's hand injury, that opens up the door enough that I think players like J-Mook, Leffen, Hungrybox, oh, Hungrybox, and, and Plup and Amsa have a reasonable opportunity that's in front of them to put it together for a couple events placed first, and you will have the Melee Stats people and the rest of the ballot voters going, oh, <laughs> these results are so hard uh, yeah. to like determine who's actually the number one player no why can't there be a clear cut number one favorite but parody in melee i i've been really enjoying it uh, to the people who enjoyed the five gods era where one of them won an event every time that's that's fun and all but we've had several different big event winners especially if you count stuff like fate and ceo because then you have plup and amsa and leffen and zane and ibdw and hungrybox and hopefully soon to be even more players winning these quote-unquote big events yeah that's what i'm really excited about and hopefully at the big house which i want to spend a little bit of time talking about because why not what are you going to be doing at big house can you say are you allowed to say what uh... your what your plans are so it's a Panda Cup key stop, which means it's the uh, it's an it's a uh, is it the last stop on the cup? I don't remember. I should it's, know. It's this. one of the last uh, stops, if not the last yes. stop. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna be doing uh Panda Cup stuff. We're gonna be doing interviews like we usually do. We're gonna be doing content stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna be busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I should have like a good amount of time to to do a bunch of stuff gonna be conscious as, birthday over that weekend the, uh, i'm super excited oh mm -hmm. 
nice. I don't know if I'm even going to be allowed to celebrate with Contra for the birthday bit specifically, but I'm just going to say happy birthdays as many times to Contra as I can, perhaps even make it a bit. I'm just considering all these things with Contra specifically, but I'm also considering, yes, I am really excited to enter a big super major that I've never been to before, like the big house. It's going to be sort of a primer for Genesis next year, which I am looking to attend. I did not attend Genesis 8 in April. I really want to go to Genesis 9. And so that would be that would be super cool as well. This is so that it is sort of it's like breaking the ice for me in a lot of different ways. Are you? So you're good. All right. So yeah, shout outs to now. waiting right. for game and Edwin's fire alarm. <laughs> oh, a no, smoke detector. so it was a carbon monoxide alarm. Carbon yeah. monoxide alarm. That was actually a real yeah. thing. And okay. So, and so he was like, he uh, they went off, and he's like, I, I need to be right back. And then he left for like 15 <laughs> minutes, and I'm like, did Edwin just die? Because uh, he left the OBS scene <laughs> and he was gone. He's like actually gone. Didn't fill us in, and I'm like, Edwin's probably dead right now. But what he would want us to do is finish this podcast. So that's what we're going to do. And we finished the podcast and we're like, Edwin, <sighs> no, because Edwin came back and then he was like, all right, I'm good. And then 50 minutes later, the alarm went off again. He left again. We finished the podcast. We text him going, is everything all right? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Finish the podcast. Podcast has been done for like 10 minutes now. And we're like, Edwin, are you alive? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I think I'm good. And I'm like, I don't like uh, the, uh, the vagueness of that message. <laughs> um, I sent him the episode, um, the episode recording. And he has not responded to me and also hasn't been active. But I think he talked about the ranking today, so it's fine. <laughs> well, because, of course, of course, the rankings came out today for the top 10 specifically. But That's right. Uh, ranking ultimately is fine. I'm ultimately fine with that. The last thing that I wanted to say about Big House, just because I was like, I'm trying to do stuff while I'm there as well. Like you said, you're, you're doing official stuff, which is great. I'm sort of in charge of making that happen for BSM pod for the, the podcast. So I'm looking to maybe get a couple of interviews in and be able to take some videos, try to make some kind of a vlog thingy out of it. But ultimately I think, like I said earlier, I'm just, I get to see a big, big, big event and I get to hopefully see somebody like Zane or J Mook take it. How wild would it be if J Mook's first big event ever was the big house that finishing first step, that'd be wild. But I'm looking forward to the second half of the year of melee where we get to see more super sick events. We get to see riptide and also, also the smash summit, whatever that happens. Cause they have a new format now for voting where yeah. you're not going to be able to do the dark gen X route. No offense to dark gen X. He's a friend of the program firstly. And secondly, a very, a, a good player. <laughs> I almost said yeah. very good. And I took it back. I have to stick with it. Uh, a very good player and yeah. not who's not going to finish first at smash summit. So we get to see how that turns out. I'm excited about that. Wizrobe competing at more events. Excited about that. Melee, I feel, is in a great place. Nobody's talking about Melee dying, so let me be the one to ask you, JD. Is Melee dying right now? Uh, no. No. I, we're on, like... <laughs> we're on, like, the downtrend, like, a little bit. Like, kind of, a little bit. Like, we're not as big as Ultimate, but, like, we're never going to be as big as Ultimate. Yes. The game sold 40 million copies. It's, like... Uh, the, the fact that we're still here and we can still sustain and people can still make this their livelihood is, like, fine. Uh, I'm very glad people aren't talking about Melee Dying because it's super annoying. Because we all know, like, in our hearts <laughs> that 
if you keep playing the game, the game stays alive. Yes. Right. So just keep <laughs> playing the video game and the game will stay alive. It's that easy. <laughs> yes, it really it do be that way. As long as somebody uh, I think Mango said it best in the new documentary, as long as two people say, hey, I'm better than you, then then the game lives. I think that's, that's how right. it went. Yeah. But the reason why I was thinking about is Melee dying right now is not just specifically to be inflammatory. It was also because I have been seeing the numbers a little bit, a little bit, and they aren't as high as what I was sort of expecting it to be where, yes, it was really cool to have events like Smash Summit 11 last year hit, I think it was the 70,000-ish mark. It might have been pushing 80,000 during Grand Finals. I haven't seen a whole lot of 70s this year. I think that might just be because my melee brain is so large-pilled that I expect every single weekend for it to push that number. And it's not a fair expectation where, realistically, are the top players competing for first place in that moment? Is there a Game 10 Grand Finals happening? Mm -hmm. And then it's not a Genesis and it's not a big house or summit. So it makes sense that all the other events, even for something cool like smash con or shine or reptide are probably not going to be pushing the high, like the 70 to 100 K mark. But does that mean anything bad for us? Is it just better that we are pretty consistent and we're able to have our top players show up for the most part to events and that we're able to throw everything in general and not get completely derailed by COVID and be forced to go all online again. Is that good enough for us? Uh, that's the main question behind is yeah. Melee dying? It's just the, it's a hookier or better hook uh, of a, of a yeah. headline. I, I want there to be bigger numbers, better person sort of a thing, but I have to ultimately remind myself that not every weekend is Evo, even if it is in my mind sometimes that, oh, this is so cool. Mech and Bobby Big Balls competing for first at this online event that had 40 entrants. Why does yeah. this only have 100 viewers? <laughs> like, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, viewership is doing fine. I'm not, like, worried about that at all. Um, I'm slightly worried about, like, entrant numbers for individual tournaments, but mm. it's like, we're still in like the tail end of COVID where it's like people are worried about testing positive before or after event and attendees are, are super worried about that as well. And we're like, we're also in a jumble of events, like top players don't even know what's happening for the rest of the year. Right. Um, <laughs> so, and I, and like top players are the ones that should know about this stuff. And so it's like, you'd expect a, a regular spectator to have their gear planned out. And it's just like, not how it is. Uh, nope. I think going into next year, we're going to have, um, more steady events we're gonna have a lot more things planned beforehand uh on every side uh more events are gonna be um more evened out i i think we're just gonna have like more understanding of the events that are happening through the year which means like more players are gonna be able to know about them and attend them and more attendees in general are gonna be able to go to them uh so i think things are looking up in the next year it's just like everything's just kind of confusing right now and so players and spectators just kind of don't want to go to things <laughs> you know uh there's a there's a validity for my end uh but i i look around at the rest of the melee people and i go ah, what, what about what are all you got what are all you players doing at home or that kind of thing but it is truly not 
the fairest thing for me to expect somebody who is not Hungrybox to attend more events because another reminder is that there are this few teeny teeny tiny amount of full-time players in the melee scene but everybody else is holding out a job in some capacity and trying yep. to stream make that work or do the 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 whatever the find find the whales who will just like secretly be like airplane ticket airplane ticket airplane ticket and so on and get you to places get you to events but it really is such a small number of people who can realistically travel to more events and compete i guess that's why some people have the quote-unquote right to be angry at players who could attend more events but don't because even still you get to a certain size of streaming like mango who you could you could say on the one hand is needing to attend more events but from mango's perspective it's like i don't make money doing it so i have to i have to i have to look out for that as well i have i have family to feed and that kind of stuff a life to live so it is a whole jumble of we could be at a better place, but the place that we feel, uh, sorry, the place that we are now, I feel is, is still pretty good. And you're, we're talking about more of a consistency for 2023 of there being a more regularity with events and such. Do you think that means we can finally announce events that are happening, you know, further out than two months of it actually happening? Cause that's been a concern of mine and something that I've noticed you yeah. COVID does necessitate certain amount of conservativeness, but these people are still booking venues like eight to 12 months in advance anyway. And then what sitting on it until two months before and are like, all right, let's post on Twitter that ought to drum up some Nichendis. I I feel bad because you have to plan so many things that doing marketing at the end of it all is tough. I even forgot to promote my Nathan sandwich episode. I totally forgot. I was like, Oh, I'm a dummy. And it's just a podcast should have been easy. But for someone running a big event, I can't imagine you have a whole list of things to do and marketing may not be the first concern, but does that mean that the melee calendar that I try to find sometimes and I find it and then there's like, a couple of weekends per month that say secret event and I go secret event. What's secret event? Yeah. What's the point of a calendar? What's going on? What does it mean? Secret event. And then the weekend comes and goes and I go, what was the secret event? What was it? Huh? I wonder what it was. And I just, I, I wonder for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, we can hope that it'll be better. Uh, I think, I think things are going to be less, uh, I think things are going to be more certain going into next year where TOs aren't going to have to worry as much, hopefully. Uh, and then we can have a more um, uh, consistent layout of events, less um, less big events back-to-back-to-back to back to back across the country. Yes. Um, or or s- I think events, uh, people would disagree with me on this, I think same events across the globe on the same weekend are fine. I think same events... I'm also crazy for this. I think same events, one event on the East Coast, one event on the West Coast on the same weekend is fine. Mm. I think there are enough top 50 players to facilitate that. <laughs> I, I think um, I, people, a lot of people agree with me, disagree with me with that, and I think that's fine because um, it doesn't happen a lot because it really shouldn't. Uh, but I think like, um, what was it? It was... Smash Factor and Wave Dash. Yes. Yes? 
Yeah, because it was Wizro beating Meds at the same time as as Wave Dash, was it not? Because Wave Dash. No, it was Fate. Smash Factor and Fate were the same weekend. Okay. And Wave Dash was one or two after that. Right. Okay. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I still think I think that's fine. Like it's hard to keep up with streams, but at the end of the day, like player wise, I think that's okay. It would be hard if they were broadcasted at the same time, but they were not broadcasted at the same time, which I thought was great. I was like, oh, I get to watch more sick melee after watching sick melee. This is sick. Yeah. I was super down with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll always get the problem of like uh, uh, TOs and organizations like working together to make sure this all works out. Um, but sometimes it just happens. Sometimes like conflicts do just happen. Um, so it's not going to like totally go away, but I do like expect going into next year with, um, everything being more certain, everyone landing on their feet a little bit more. Everything's going to be better than it is now. Okay. That's fair. So this is a crazy wild idea, but there could be a little bit, and I'm not the person to do this. So I have the easy job of saying people who are not me should just do this and make it happen is that it would be cool if there was a little bit more of a beginning of the year. Hey, this is all what's happening because we're all communicating with each other behind the scenes. And yes, this is the calendar more or less for the entire year. I, I am a little sad that even unto this day, we don't have a singular place where the majority, I don't mean everyone but let's say the vast majority being at least 85% of people who are active in the Melee community go to this one place because it's not necessarily Twitter because of muting and blocking and algorithm. I follow people and I heart a lot of tweets. And dadgummit, I still miss tweets from people. And I get so mad because some of them are Twitter giveaways or I want to be the first yeah. person to respond because you read the first couple of responses and then it's, it's white noise after that, right? So getting in early on responses is cool. And I refresh the page and I go, I better not miss something. And then 24 hours later, I go... Come on, I would have seen that. I would have seen that. And so that's not perfect. And then and then Melee Online Discord, I'm not on there. I know there's like over 10,000, over 15,000 people yep. on Melee Online, but like uh and then and it's not because of uh, any one particular person or a bad experience sure. by the way to the people who care about the Melee Online Discord. I just have never thought that's the place where I want to go for news. Never thought that in my life, so yeah. I don't go there. No, and then Reddit, obviously, is an even worse version of Twitter. <laughs> and Facebook is dead, so we need a website, or we need Smashboards. No, we don't. Smashboards is also dead. We just need something that is a call to action, but we can't do that at the same time because if we could, we would have done that. So JD, where do we ultimately land? Do we continue to do this for years to come where events are just sort of announced last minute and then a TO comes out of Utah and says, hey, you scheduled over my super sick event that everybody was like, wow, that does look super sick. I love pools, literal swimming pools. But I remember that being one of the things that happened this year. That poor person from Utah totally forget their tag and the tournament that was being run that weekend. But I remember it looking very sick. I just didn't go, obviously. Um, I think, well, yeah, that's still going to happen. You're still going to get conflicts and you're still, I, I think uh, asking for by January of the year to have the entire year planned out is not just not going to happen. I think you can get 
the, I think the best you're, we're going to be able to get is by January, have the next four months planned out and be good with that. And then whatever else happens, happens. That's probably what's going to end up happening. Mm. Um, if you run with something like that, I think, uh, I don't, I think this is a problem, uh, like across the board. Uh, but I think it's what it's going to end up being is a third party like Dark Gen X or someone who goes like, I want to aggregate everything that's happening. I want weekly news and I want to like be able to show these are the events. Um, and I think it's going to be like a single individual who is disconnected from all of it because um, being an organization and putting that off, putting that forward is like, just does not going to work. So I think it'll be like another turn down for wall or someone like that or Dark Gen X who's going to, who's going to come up and like be the third party for that um i don't know if like that's actually gonna happen but that's the only way that it like happens for me where people like go to a source to look for tournaments because right. like smash g has discover start gg excuse me rebrand has discovery features uh and you can look for tournaments based on size based on location based on timing um but that's its own separate window and it's not very effective and it doesn't give you a lot of information about the events um, so I think it is just like a third party that's going to pop up at some point. Wen's Melee is very underrated. Yes. Oh, God. I, Edwin, I've told Edwin so many times, just make all of your columns into videos. And he's like, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, I know it is, but they're great. And they just like sit there on MeleeStats.co. It like people read them, sure, but not as many people about them as they could. So... You also sort of, if you start to do that, you also sort of have to commit to the TikTok bit of it as well. Dark yep. Genix is starting to do TikTok stuff, so yep. maybe that's... Also, no also, also, I know Ludwig does a lot for the Melee community, but Ludwig is sort of our, our magic key to everything. Let's just smear Ludwig all over this problem. What if somebody pops off enough like Ludwig who stays in melee just enough to be the source that people are like I love how entertaining this person is a la not me or not melee stats per se even though I feel like both of us deserve more views you get it so if yeah. somebody super entertaining comes up who's hilarious and is on TikTok or whatever and also pops off on YouTube if that person ends up being where people go to just to see melee stuff and then that person's also doing the responsible thing nah, responsible is a strong word but saying these are the upcoming events that are happening yeah that theoretically could work that sort of uh, is like the most in the jigsaw puzzle shape that you could do because like you said it's hard to do anything else that we've already talked about. That could happen, but I, <laughs> I it feel just requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of, of work. Day, yeah, people just uh, you you can't because of time limitations, or you don't want to, or whatever. Like I think melee stats is in a great place to like expand more. Uh, and I've told them this since I run the podcast. Uh, I, I I get to sit down with Wheaton every, Edwin every week and be like, this is Edwin wins melee make that make monday make monday morning martha youtube video and he goes mm. <laughs> I'll, I'll get him one day we'll we'll start doing that have uh, there's so many patrons on there heck i'll i'll exactly. read i'll read a i'll read an article out loud once in a while you could have like rotating article readers and just post it on the youtube channel or the archive channel yeah. sorry not the youtube channel better not touch that but the archives channel my bad that's right that's right yeah, who wouldn't want to hear Pipsqueak read a Wednesday Melee article? Oh my gosh, that would be... 
gotta get pipsqueak no on that, that would be pretty good i like pipsqueak, that idea no offense but you post to twitter a lot you seem like you have enough time to potentially read an article out loud and submit that audio recording to somebody to edit afterwards i don't know yeah this is an idea I just love how Pipsqueak sounds when he talks, and now I want to hear a Wednesday Melee article written or read out loud by Pipsqueak. You know that Laud article, The Golden Pathway of Improvement, was read by that? Yeah. that <laughs> I have listened to that uh, enough times now. It's just like, it's great. So we just need people who can read stuff well or, ha- or sound super awesome while reading it. Uh, sorry to hone in on Pipsqueak specifically. I would also love to hear Josh Man read one of those. Yeah. Yep. We could also have, uh, we could also have Zane read in the Zwan voice, maybe. Or if it's that's just like funny accents. If that's too much work, if that's too much work for Zane, his normal, his like chill voice. Uh, I don't know how to even do it, but there's a certain cadence that Zane will get into when he's in like a happy mood that is super entertaining to hear him talk. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that you get treated to that as much on stream because he treats his streams as if he's, you know, grinding melee for real. And that's, that's a very viable, perfectly fine way to do it. I just feel like when I saw his video with his dad recently, that that was like chill Zane and he, his, his voice is great. It's not just the fact that he has a great personality. He's very entertaining and it was fun to see him with his dad. It's also mm-hmm. that I feel like his voice could play well for that as well. Not busy at all though. Just the number one player in the world <laughs> read an article. But I mainly yeah. stats of Wednesday. Melee. I will be competing at SmashCon this weekend. So be sure to root for me. I'm the, I'm not actually the number one seed for this. Very annoying. Even though IBDW, like that would be so funny to hear an anecdote like that during an article and Edwin would get really mad he would go we can't have that anecdote but Edwin it's Zane you have to let the anecdote fly no I will not have it or or whatever it'd be funny I would have such a I would love to be a fly on the wall for that specific conversation all right so melee's not dying let's uh, let's move on let's see to get in the direction of closing up let's see i don't have a whole lot of other topics prepared and i posted my my patreon question channel people very very late in the game and have gotten no responses so that is totally 100 percent my fault so sadly i have no patreon questions for you but let me, in the spirit of, in the spirit of, we talked about melee stats enough. We're not going to do a touching grass segment, but I do want to borrow one or two questions that never get asked on the actual recordings, such as JD. What's your favorite color? Uh, I got asked this recently. I think it's like some shade of blue. Like I like, I like a lot of blues. I like a lot of purples. Mm. Um, or recently I've been liking the uh. Uh, a nice, a nice like sunset, like uh, orange purple contrast. Those are really nice. What is your favorite hungry box pop off? Shout outs to Anaconda. <laughs> I don't know. I think Evo. I think Evo rolling around like a child was pretty good. Mm, yes. Like a like a toddler on the ground. That, that shot back good. to Armada just makes it even better. It's a it's a classic. I think I'm gonna have to go with that one. And it's an oldie but a goodie. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking fuck is my favorite. It's, 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 that's it's... also a classic, and that was gonna be yeah. my first guess. But that's also I think I asked uh, Pipsqueak at one point, and he was like, "That's basic. You can't do that." <laughs> and I'm like, I, "Yeah, 
<laughs> I don't care how basic it is. It's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> okay, let's see. One more useless-ish question or the, the scraping the bottom of the barrel, if you, if you will. Let's see. Ooh, 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 how about this? Dear JDMH, when you work in Blender and it starts to get iffy with you, what is your little seance? What is your meditation? What is your technique, your voodoo magic in order to get Blender to start working properly again so that you can save progress and not lose two hours of work? Um, so I have autosave on every three minutes now, I think. Uh, so that helps a lot. Um, <laughs> most of the time, if oh. something like crashes immediately, it's because I don't have enough RAM. And so I just kind of, um, I just kind of lower the resolution by like 50 pixels on each side or whatever, like 100 pixels on each side. Or if stuff gets really iffy and like I click click one thing and it crashes, uh, my favorite is to copy the entire scene, make a new blender scene, and then paste it and then save it. And it almost always works. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. Okay, lastly, I wanted to point out the fact that on your at JDMH underscore Twitter, you have 2022 stuff. What was the inspiration behind this? I want to say, like, sort of the... Who's that person who made the David statue combined with a GameCube console? It kind of looks Justin like... Warren. Huh? Justin Wharton was the guy who made that. I work with him. He's the merchandise coordinator at Panda. Oh, that's very cool. So that was like a legitimate, like actual collab thing operation. He made that original one like five years ago. He's been in the scene for so long. I'm surprised you don't know about him. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it, I, see, this is why I podcast about Melee because I, I need to hear these names. I need to hear people say them. Um, yeah, and so he did that a while ago, um, and I liked it a lot, and he eventually wanted to commission me to do that for, like, a stream starting thing, and I was like, eh, all right, um, and then eventually I just did it, because it, we, uh, I just thought it was a cool thing to do, um, I did it, like, a year ago-ish, and then I did it again, about, uh, however long ago, three months ago, uh, and it turned out really nice, and I liked it a lot, um, that was, um, I had some paint over on that, I was really proud of what I did. Yeah, I cleaned it up, made it look really polished. Um, so I like that a lot. That was wholly unoriginal. Okay, not original. So what here in your thread of stuff is? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're closing out. You're closing out video for CEO. Look at this. Yeah. I'm looking at it. You got some nice shots in there. Oh, whoops. Uh, those are playing. My bad. Not my video. Um, well. So the actual shooting itself was uh, Astro Pancakes uh, Andrew, who is the videographer for Panda Events. Uh, he shot on this beautiful Sony 4K camera, got a bunch of stuff on Saturday, uh, and I edited that down. Uh, I didn't actually make any 3D for that video besides the CEO logo, which is probably also in that thread. Yes, indeed. Um, the CEO logo at the very end of this video sort of swooshes into the into the shot. It's a nice mm -hmm. swoosh. Uh, and I, um, editing that together was really fun. Um, we didn't get enough footage of the Melee player specifically, and so I had to take from the stream and be a little creative with it. But at the end, where they start coming up, um, I had a lot of fun with that, and I knew it, like, lined up pretty well. Uh, also being able to use the Melee intro. Uh, music, it's beautiful music. I, it's great, it's fantastic. And it was, like, double the length that it was originally asked of me, but I'm like, I can't not use the Melee intro for the top eight intro 
of a Nintendo licensed event. I just can't not do that. That's a good, no, you're exactly right. And then finally, I'm interested to hear like the concept of making an ocean out of a computer or from a computer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that Pixar has been doing this for a hot minute and other animation studios, but you freaking made an ocean. I'm just interested in hearing why that is a quote unquote morning warm up. Um, so Blender has had um, a modifier, uh, which is basically like I have a plane and then I can click a drop down and it says ocean and then I can click that and it gives me an ocean shape. Um, and you can animate that from zero to whatever number. And that's basically like the time number. And so you could put a keyframe down for that. And so like on frame one, it'll be like zero. And then on frame 50, it'll be like 0.7 or whatever. And then it'll animate through time. And it'll like, it like looks like an ocean. Uh, wow. It animates waves like it would. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, and so I used that. I made a water material, which is just like make it clear, uh, tint it blue a little bit. I put it <laughs> in a box. Um, and then something new that just got updated, which is the reason I wanted to try it, was that like um, you could add foam and you could add spray. Mm. So the foam is the actual stuff that's on top of the surface that like is the white that you see whenever right. water go in this. Then the spray is the actual like bubbles that come out of the water. Um, and spray wasn't available. Like you couldn't add bubbles to the water like automatically. Um, but then the update came along and I found out you could. Uh, and I, some voodoo magic that I, frankly, I just copied and pasted a node set and <laughs> put it in. And I was like, they know what they're doing. Um, and I made it a bubble. I added like 20,000 particles or something. Uh, and so getting that together took like three hours, mm. like maybe like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. I was done, it, done with the piece. And then the rest of the day was just rendering it out because I did 1440p, uh, 21 by 9 aspect ratio. And each frame took like four minutes. <laughs> uh, and I and it looked really nice. And so I just let it rock for the rest of the day. Wow. Four minutes of frame. That's so many particles. 20,000. Oh. But like, if I did any less, it like didn't look very convincing. And the end product there like looked nice. Yes. But like, I wish I, I wish I had a stronger computer to like make the bubble smaller and actually make it a little more convincing. But I know more now than I did, which is good. Yes. And that's, and that's what I ended up getting out of those warmups. Someday, someday, I feel like there will be water in top ranking future, especially if huh. a certain a moist boy gets to the top of number one of melee someday. That could be, that's your, that's your angle. That's your theme. Okay. I have another question that I wanted to ask you because I was thinking of this while you were talking about blendering and do people say blendering by the way? No, not at all. Well, guess what? I do. Okay. So would you rather help out with animating the next Spider-Verse movie, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse or another Lego movie? Cause they're, I don't know, even know if Spider-Man is the Spider-Verse is 3D technically, but... Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, let's go. Okay, so the, I don't know much about the technical aspect of this. I just know that Into the Spider-Verse was more than just models. They were doing some yep. kind of voodoo magic with like like how how the shot sort of was working with all the little mm-hmm. like comic book-ing aspects of it. And then Lego movie, obviously you're trying to make it look like real Legos instead of just, you know, the, how Legos were originally done, which is stop motion uh, photography. Uh, I like both of those projects. I know, I know a lot about both of those projects, actually. Those are incredible asks. 
Um, the um, the lighting artist on Lego Batman made um, like a whole booklet document on like fundamentals of like uh, colors in CG and like lighting and stuff like that. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and then Spider Verse was just like an anomaly. It was like an incredible project. Uh, I don't want to work on either of those <laughs> i like watching them i would not want to work on one of those uh those scare me being in a giant studio like that with insane deadlines um i i do not want to be there uh i do um i like what both of those teams put together and i like learning from them i do not want to work on either of them uh i do i've taken a lot of inspiration from like arcane and uh into the spider-verse like that mix of 2d 3d style uh, and I think there's like a lot more still that can be done with it. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like faster to render than whatever uh, Pixar's coming out with, right? Yeah. Like you'll you'll just like at the end of the day, for more um, for more prep in the back end and like pre-production stages, you'll end up with like faster render times at the end. Individual frames will render faster because they're just less complex. Uh, and so I, I like I like that kind of style. I've been learning a lot from it. That's interesting. When I saw Toy Story 4 for the first time, I couldn't believe it, especially the rain yeah. and the start of the movie. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just beautiful, but those take, it takes forever. <laughs> yeah. It looked insane. I thought to myself, I imagine doing that with a, just like an out of the box laptop that's supposed to be, you know, just a normal yeah. average every day. It would take a year to render one frame of that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Or, or even uh, you, you hear certain things like the Toy Story 2 project was almost completely deleted except for somebody taking it home on like a copy, like a copy of it home to their house or whatever. The story was that she was on maternity leave and so she wanted to work from home and then she had the entire backup of the movie, <laughs> uh, which is insane. Uh, well, is there, are there any other stories like that that are less known or is that pretty much the only one? Um, I don't actually know. I don't look too deep into that, but I do know that story because that one's crazy. Right, yeah, it stands out. Somebody was telling me at some point, like, okay, how about this? There are limitations to what you can put out to the world, right? Where you could have something so incredibly dense and it looks amazing. And you're like, I get to do this on my cutting edge technology that I'm working with right here. 8K, whatever, whatever, blah, 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 a bajillion megapixels, this, that, and the third, all the technical terms, but then I know that there are people who are watching this at 360p on a mobile phone that is not even a 4K screen, so, so like, in other words, there's limitations to what you can do right there at the spot that could even crash your big setup that you know yep. that if it even, like, it's not even like a game, like, a, a it could just be even like a movie and it could overwhelm whatever it goes to next. Would there be, would you, would you ever want to just see how far you could push something very specifically that only works on what you have in front of you? Have you ever been tempted to try to do at least one frame or a little tiny teeny video to see just how far you can go? Or is the ocean kind of thing about as far as you want to take something and see how complex it can get? Um, I haven't upgraded my PC in a while, so that's about, that's not every project now, but like the bigger projects, sure, I hate that every single time. Uh, I just have to optimize down and like get it, get it so it uses like, like my computer is using like 15.7 out of the 16 gigs, mm. or like my GPU is at like 98% usage. <laughs> um, 
I with a lot of projects, I just had like they would immediately crash on me. Um, and it's because I was just using um, I was using too much memory. I was using too much uh, video memory or something like that. My CPU wasn't good enough. And so it's always like paring it down very slightly until you find like the upper limits. And so I hit that on um, I hit that on the all time top 100 trailer. I hit that on um, the controller trailer. I hit that on um, I didn't hit it anywhere on the spring early 2022 PGR because I was really I was very optimized about that. I feel very good about like where I've come and being able to like properly manage these projects. Um, and I'm definitely going to hit it with whatever project is next. Um, That's awesome. Oh, I did hit it with some Panic Up stuff, yeah. Awesome. I just love seeing... Well, okay, not that I do this a ton, a ton with this new setup, but it was just a joy to see, wow, it only occupies 2-ish percent to record and stream and Discord call. When asked before... Oh, oh, all at 60 frames per second, right? But on my yeah. on the laptop that I borrowed from work... To do it at 20 frames a second and a Discord call and screen and stuff, it would be like 40, 50, 70% CPU usage. Yeah. The worst. So upgrading technology, super, super fun. Somebody was like getting on you about not having your not having your maximum RAM. Like 32 is like usually the traditional yep. maximum. You'll yeah. get there. You'll get there. I uh, have a I have so another question for oh no, go ahead. You had a thought. So what happened, um, I have a giant cooler. I have a giant Be Quiet cooler, mm -hmm. uh, and it's great, and it is very silent. Uh, but installing it, uh, it covers those two slots of RAM. So if I yeah. wanted to install more RAM, RAM is not very expensive nowadays, and I do have the money to afford it. Yes. I could re replace all the 16 gigs I have now and replace it with whatever higher speed. Um, I just don't want to have to take my CPU cooler back off yeah. and put the RAM in and then reapply the paste and then have to put it back on and make sure everything's screwed in the right direction uh <laughs> and then make sure it's mounted the correct way uh it's a pain it's just a massive pain and and so when i need to upgrade or when i can mm -hmm. buy another cooler and spend like a week not a week it's like a day and a half of just like putting that all back together uh, i will but that's just not right now I didn't even think I was like, oh, this is probably like a couple of hour pro hour long project. A whole week could potentially be spent getting all this stuff moved around, JD. What are you doing in that no, computer? But I do complain about that a lot. It does take like a whole day, though. I lose a whole day, and that's like pretty important. No, obviously. When, um, you, you have deadlines, like you said. And yeah. They, I mean, Tish is doing his job when he's like, mm, JD, need my yeah, stuff. Exactly. Yep, yep. Okay. I wanted to ask you about the 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 uh, the doing work for the esports, getting in the esports. You got to do the things. You have to sort of generate activity into more activity. Uh, but you can be more specific. I'm interested, especially from the perspective of someone who would say, "I don't have that pay me resume." It's more of like doing free work resume. Like, how yeah. do you chain free work into paid paid work? Uh, so what ended up happening with me was I did like uh, five days of melee um, and a bunch of local stuff uh, and a couple of stuff for Walt. It starts like uh, eventually you kind of know. For me, it was like I knew my work was good enough that I could ask for some kind of payment. And like in the melee scene, you're not going to have like a lot of money to throw around. And so right. it'll be like 50 bucks, 
50 bucks, 60 bucks, 70 bucks for something that's worth like 500, but it's just like how it goes. Um, so it kind of starts as no pay and then it starts as pay me. Then it's like pay me a little bit because that's what you can afford. And then it starts to rack up from there. Uh, I think it's, I don't think it's a, um, a zero to like a hundred kind of thing. I think it's like a zero and then you start asking for just like a tiny bit, like whatever they can afford. Uh, but this is when I was super young. Um, Still am, but you know. I was about to correct uh, you and say younger. that you are younger than me still. Um, yeah, but it, it started out as like, a, I, I don't pay me for this, whatever, and to pay me a little bit into like, I'm starting to get like, if you want my time, I'm going to ask for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's very gradual. Um, you can kind of like um, judge your work against uh, someone else's, uh, which is like not people tell you to not do that but it's like you need to get a sense of where you're at and how much uh you ask for payment wise and you're gonna like ask people around you like what did you charge for whatever projects sometimes they'll tell you sometimes they won't but that's just how it goes um but yeah it, it's mostly just like valuing your work and being like i know that i can whatever project i get asked to do i can deliver on it uh and then the money fee that comes along with knowing that you can deliver on it that goes with video or whatever else. And lastly, if you could do something that was a little bit more of a like a like a bigger project and you sort of were the creative director on it and you could do it about melee or you could do it about something else if you would be interested in branching out to a different kind of either game, community or subject matter. If you had sort of that I don't want to say Hollywood money, but let's say independent movie money, maybe like a, a, a nice $1 million budget to do something. Yeah. What would be, give me a couple of ideas, something that you've thought of before. Um, so what Riot does every year for the world championships is they make like a cinematic, they may make like a music video. It's like three minutes long. They do, they spend the entire year producing it uh, and it features characters from the game and players uh, that are guests. They have to guess who's going to be in the tournament that year uh, before going in. Um, and they're massive, massive, massive projects. And they use player likeness and they're animated and they're fantastic. They're gorgeous. Um, I would love to do one of those. Um, nobody has the money. Nobody has the time. Uh, and I've been trying to do it for a couple of years now. It just doesn't work out. And that's fine with me. Uh, maybe one day. Um, it That's that's my main thing in terms of like smash and melee stuff. Uh, mm. In terms of like non- Melee stuff, I would like to do stuff for like Rivals 2 or like uh, Multiverses, any of those platform fighters that are really big right now. Yep. I'd be able to like uh, give them some polished stuff, be able to work with their assets. Uh, specifically Rivals 2. I would love to work on that game, but uh, it'll be a while before it's out. And so like maybe the lines will cross sometime. Uh, well, you'll be able to show them a while. couple of things that you've probably done with Multiverses by the time that happens. Multiverses will pop off for a little while for sure. Um, and it's kind of like, I know, uh, I've said this a while. I think I said this privately to a bunch of people. And it's like, if everything crashes and burns, uh, or like, if I want to get out or whatever, yes. whatever, whatever, like situation arrives with me not being in Smash anymore, I, I would rather just like go to a different platform fighter and like work on esports for that platform fighter. And like before it was like Rivals 2 or whatever else, but now it's like multiverses and Nickelodeon. I have like a lot of options if I would want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy where I'm at right now. Uh, I think there's a lot that can still be done, but it's like those other platform fighters are pretty enticing because they have like uh, 
they have brand new IPs with a bunch of cool characters and a scene of their own, and they're all very cool. Uh, Absolutely. So doing stuff with those would be cool. And I'm glad there are people like you who are willing to do it. People who will make ultimate content or multiverses or Nasby content because I'm just going to be stuck in Melee for as long as I'm doing this. And to be fair, I'm not staking supporting my family on it. So that's, sure. you know, obviously my decision. I'm glad that we are fortunate. We are fortunate to still have you doing stuff within the Smash sphere and a little bit in Melee as well. JD, I'm very happy that that is still the case. But uh, following you for the past year plus or so, I've just seen the work that you do is awesome. I really wanted you to animate my intro, but I caught you too late. You're just too big now. You are too you are too far along in your growth. And I'll have to find another JD someday and ask yeah. them to do stuff before I can't afford them anymore. But as for you, I'm excited to see what you continue to do with Panda and excited to see what you can do, continue to do uh, afterwards in whatever capacity, capacity you get it. All of your, all of your future bright kind of statements I will make because that's how I feel about you. So JD, to get you in the direction of shilling and also shout outs all that kind of stuff please by all means tell the people where they can find you and tell the people what they need to know before we get going for the night uh yeah twitter's on the screen uh mm. at jdmh underscore uh i do follow uh panda cup and and you already follow panda global because it's just a giant twitter not you but like royal you like the person watching this i know they already do uh but like, uh, watch more Panda Cup stuff because that's really cool, and I'm doing more stuff with it, and you're gonna want to see that. Uh, I'm also um, putting out a lot more art recently, putting out a lot more personal stuff, uh, and so I want to do more of that. Uh, I got a fancy camera, I got a lot of pictures from Evo that I need to still uh, sift through. That's gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll have a lot more stuff soon. Also, like, I want to do YouTube, but it's probably not happening. We'll see. <laughs> What about waiting? No, dang it! Waiting game, waiting for game, a podcast that you are already uh, sh yeah. producing. What about the state of melee? We, I brought you on to talk about that, and I totally forgot to ask you about it. Uh, so I have the setup. This is the setup. The, the my camera's here. I have the lights here. Everything's mm -hmm. here. The microphone is there. This is the setup that I would use, uh, but I'm just too busy. Is <laughs> is where it's at. I like the idea of running a show uh, and being like a creator with my face out there. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, I think I could do it. It's just not at the moment. Someday. But those two yeah. or three episodes were great. And I they were want pretty good. I gotta say. Mm -hmm. They were. Oh, and you, <laughs> your hair was, uh, was obviously different than it is now. It's just like, I, I can very clearly picture the JD of that time versus how, how you are now. And there's, there's maturity and growth, but it, it just, uh, it's fun. You can sort of look back at Mango's career and be the same way where it's like, you see a certain picture and you go, Oh, that's, that's uh, apex Whatever 2015 year. Mango, yeah. or that's Genesis one Mango. You get it. Mm. Are we going to see yeah. more different looks from you where I can look at you and I can go, Oh, that's pre Panda JD. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. And yes, for those who are interested in checking out the stuff that JD is doing, I will link the PG Stats Twitter and YouTube channel. I will link your own Twitter, JD, so that they can see the ocean and other cool things that you're doing and be able to follow along on the journey as JD is 
currently at let's 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 try to get a follower number here to be clear we're trying to break 2000 followers you're a little over 100 away so that would be super cool reciprocate reciprocate re- you get it yeah. let's let's you know spread the love to JD specifically let's keep the better bigger numbers better person and then That's finally right. for me you get it. You already listened to a two-hour-long podcast. So, JD, thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. Don't go anywhere. You can say goodbye to the people, but I'm playing the outro, and then we're doing the thumbnail. So say goodbye to the people. Uh, bye, people. Appreciate it.